everybody, Pastor Chris here. Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more ways to connect, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. Good morning to all of you. Thank you for those of you that are here in the room with us today. Boy, what an experience it is to be in the room. It is nothing like being here at Market Street Church, and you make that possible, those of you who are in the room. Those of you that are watching, I can't even tell you how grateful that we are that you're watching or listening wherever you are, wherever you're at. We hear lots of different, uh, get lots of different feedback from people who are all over the, all over the world that tune in and watch, and it's kind of neat. It's very humbling and exciting all at the same time. And so if you're listening, watching, wherever you're at, thank you, thank you, thank you for for tuning in uh, with us this morning. So we are talking about, well, man, for the next number of months, we are going to be sowing together as a church. We're going to be sowing into the Spirit. That's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be sowing, and we're going to take that small little seed that Jesus says that we can do, and, and he says, man, that small little seed can do a lot. That small little seed can grow into something huge. That small little seed can, can expand into something massive in your life, and, in, and you're going to experience victory, just like we sang about, right? Because it's in his name that we have victory. It's in his name that we're going to experience success and wins and and fulfillment and hope and peace and joy and love all these things and so we're going to sow into you know into the spirit and it's going to produce something in us that we can't produce on our own and so we're going to look at this morning if you brought a bible we're going to be looking in John chapter 15 uh, if you don't have a bible maybe in a seat around you there's a black hard-covered Bible. We, if you don't own a Bible, we want you to take one of these Bibles. It's the only time that we advocate that you steal something from the church, and uh, um, so we want you to have it. We want you to take it home with you if you don't own it, uh, but we also don't want you to just settle for this um, hard-covered Bible. So if you don't own a Bible, come and talk to me or Juan or, or somebody, and we will make sure that we get you a Bible, a really cool, nice Bible. Maybe we'll even put your name on it if you want to. I don't, I don't know if if you want to do that or not, but we'll do that. But um, so we, it's important to us. So we just, and, and if you want to just follow along, we're going to have verses up on the screen for you as well. So we're looking at uh, an, uh, an allegory, or uh, maybe you, if you're familiar with, you know, Christianity or church or the teachings of Jesus, Jesus would oftentimes teach in parables. He would oftentimes use these pictures, these word pictures to describe something, to teach something, to help somebody understand things. And so he would teach oftentimes in parables, allegories, and to help people understand. So in order for us to really sort of sort of skip a step or, or have, not have to stop as we look at this parable that Jesus uh, talks about in John 15, I just want to give to you you know, what that looks like. I just want to define to you what Jesus meant when we see these words. And I know you're here, you're not, you know, you're not a gardener, you're not somebody that, maybe you are, but you, maybe you're just like, I, I, I'm not really sure what, what this means. I, I've read this before, but I'm not sure what this is about. Well, when, when Jesus, when we hear the, the idea of true vine, that's Jesus. And so that will be clear to us. Jesus would say, I am the true vine. So when we see true vine, that's Jesus. When you see vine dresser, that's the father. That's who the father, that's the heavenly father. And uh, Jesus was all, all under the, the obedience of the heavenly father and his time here on earth. He, whatever the father told him to do, that's what he did. And so that's the vine dresser in the story. The branches, that's you. 
that's you and I. We're a part of, of, of this, you know, this allegory. We're a part of this parable. And then when you hear the, the word fruit, you're going to know or you need to know that it's, you know, maybe uh, the best way to describe it are the fruits of the Spirit. I mean, you know, that we can find in Galatians chapter 5, the fruits of the, fruit of the Spirit. And it's love and joy and it's peace and it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, it's gentleness and it's self-control. You know, these are just, you know, maybe a list of, and there's probably more and there's other attributes that can be produced, but, but these are things that can be produced in us that you and I can't do on our own. You and I can't produce these kind of things, at least to the, to the full, you know, on our own, and that we need, you know, we need a, a source. We need a power source. And so, so for you, you're like, man, this just now went over my head. Now we're talking about vineyards, and we're talking about gardening, and we're talking about agriculture, and we're talking, oh, man, I don't even know. So for you, maybe this is for, like, our youth in the room, our young people in the room. So let me just give you another allegory that you might have a better understanding of. So a power cord is Jesus, okay? So the power cord in, in, in is Jesus. That's what the, the power cord is, okay? So, so when we think about power cord, we think about Jesus, okay? And when we think about, you know, a phone, right? Right? So anytime, anybody own a phone? Every, oh, you all do, okay. Uh, you're like... <laughs> Yeah, like of course you do. So a phone, when you need a you know for a phone to, to work. So think about this in this in these terms. You know, so that we need somebody. Somebody designed this phone. You you need to know that somebody there was a designer for this phone. So our phone designer is God. Okay. So so you have the power cord who's Jesus, and then you have the phone designer. I don't know. I mean, for if you have an iPhone, you know, you're you maybe you think about Steve Jobs, and you know maybe you think about Tim Cook now, and maybe who. Whoever you know, but there's there's they Tim Cook. Trust me, is not the one designing all the phones. He's got a team of people uh, that are designing the phones. But when we think about whatever your phone, you think about your phone. Somebody designed your phone, and so that's the so the power. What makes it what makes it work? What makes it go? It has everything that it needs, but it needs a power cord in order for it to work. And so that's Jesus. And there's a phone designer. That's that's God. And so and then and then the dead phone. And so it's just. When, you know, it's, without it, it's you. That's you. We're a we're a dead phone, okay. And so when when the the power cord is you know connected into the dead phone, what happens when it, it becomes charged, right? It becomes charged. So then, so a charged phone is fully powered. You, all right. So are you with me, young people, on the 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 analogy now? Okay, now you're following, right? You're like, okay. So in order for you, for you, in order for you to be fully powered, in order for you to be fully powered, you need to be connected to. You need the power cord. You need the source, right? Now you have a designer. You have a creator. You have one that in designed you, specifically designed you, uniquely designed you. You are amazing. You are unique. You are incredible. You are different. You are a little weird. You are, you, we all know that, right? Like turn to the person next to you and say, you're weird. No, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You know, so this is God. We have a designer we have a designer, and, and he designed us. But in order for us to be, we need to be connected. In order for this to be fully powered, 
In order for us to understand that, you know, that there's amazing resources. Have you ever discovered that your phone has some pretty incredible resources to it, right? Anybody know that it can do more than just make a phone call or receive a phone call? Do you have any discover that? It's great. I love, it's amazing. It's amazing what it can do, but it won't do anything. It won't work at all. It would just be a dead phone without its power source, right? All right, so now that we're all just now on the same page, right? We're all on the same page. We're, we're making the connections here. We're, we're, we're trying to just, you know, you know. So this is what Jesus would say, okay? Here's what Jesus begins to say. He says that I am the true vine. I am the true vine. Implications to that. There are false vines, the tr- he, Jesus would say, I am the true vine. You, you need to know that, that we live in a world where there are false vines. There are false things that we attach ourselves to. There are false things that we sort of can try to we connect with. There are false things in this world where we try to find our source of completion or fulfillment or power. And we will never find those things because it's not the true source. It's a false source. I mean, we can go on and on and on and talk about the examples of you. We can talk about your career. We can talk about how maybe your career becomes something that you think that you're going to be fully alive in. And if you just work more, put more hours in, do more, climb up the corporate ladder, whatever that looks like for you. And you think that that's going to give you the fulfillment and the satisfaction of your life. You're connected to a false vine. If you think that more stuff or more money or more things or more possessions or, you know, you know, shinier, newer, better, faster, cleaner, whatever. If you think that any of those things are going to bring you what your soul needs in order for you to feel fully alive, you need to know something. Jesus would say, that's a false vine. He's saying, I want you to know that I am, I am a, the, the true vine. There are other things that will vie for your affections. There are other things in this world that will vie for your attention. There are other things in this world that will draw you away, but I just want you to know that if you let those things draw you away, you will be connected to a vine that will eventually tangle you up. And there's lots of them. We can spend the whole time talking about false vines, but you get it. And many of you and Many of you, and at one point or another, I know for me personally, at one point or another have connected to or tried to connect to another vine that isn't Jesus. And it's only left me bankrupt. It's only left me empty. And it's only left me longing for more. And I just want you to know that Jesus is saying to you today that he is, he's the true vine. I had a conversation, as a matter of fact, Juan and Michael and I had a conversation with a coach, former coach of mine, old coach of mine. He was a, a, a JV coach of mine when I was in high school. And he was, his, ambitions, his, his ambitions were in hand. He just wanted to be the best coach 
in the, in, you know, he just wanted to be the best coach. And his desire was that he was, wanted to be a high school you know, coach. And he achieved that goal. He, he left my high school, Waterford Kettering, and he, and he went to a high school uh, in Av- uh, called Avondale High School. It's in uh, Auburn Hills area. And he took a, took a high school varsity position there at Avondale High School. He won, what, which, is, which is maybe you, you don't know this, and I don't expect you to, but he won the state championship in high school as a, as a varsity state championship, which is, if you're a high school coach, man, that's, that's a goal, right, Wit? I mean, that's a goal. You want to win, you know, that goal. And he achieved that. He achieved that. He accomplished that. And he got to a place where he realized, man, it doesn't satisfy me like I thought it would. It doesn't fulfill me like I thought. I thought, man, I got to my, my position. I, 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 I achieved a, a state championship, and it just isn't giving me, it's not filling my, my soul like I, like I thought it would. And he eventually came to a place where, you know, God humbled him. And it, make a long story short, he, he decided that he was going to quit teaching. He was a teacher. He was going to quit coaching, which, he, which was his passion, which was his love, which is what he, 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 you know, he would just only think about, you know, all the time. It was just this, what he, he desired to do. He says, I'm, I'm quitting all of that. And he decided to walk away from all of that and now he's in full-time ministry and he sat down with me and Juan and Michael this week and said hey listen I'm going to do whatever I can to get you guys into these Wald Lake high schools and so that you guys can sit down with Wald Lake athletes and I just want to do everything that I can why because the most important to me is a relationship with Jesus the most important thing to me and the most important thing in this world is for people to connect with Jesus for people to be connected to the true vine. He was following a false vine most of his career and decided I don't want to be on that false vine anymore. I'm trying to jump to a true vine. That's where I want to be. And I'm telling you he is, has the joy and the excitement and the thrill. I mean we're sitting there with him and Juan even told me when it was over. He's like man that pumped me up. Like Juan was like that was that was like amazing. He was just like, man, we're, just, we're gonna get into the schools and we're gonna sit and meet with athletes and we're gonna share with them Jesus and we're gonna use sports as, a, as that platform, as that avenue. I'm telling you, it was powerful. And he told me this, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So he won, like I told you, he won a state championship. He said that they hosted a, a, an event of an event at their high school, Avondale High School, in the gymnasium. And he said, he goes, we hosted an event, we invited athletes to come. Somebody came and preached the gospel. And he said, they preached the gospel. And he said, five kids who have never have met Jesus came and received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And he makes this statement. He goes, he goes it was the best thing that I ever was a part of in that gymnasium. I mean, that's, I mean, what a statement. I, w- I mean, what, what is that about? That's about understanding that there's nothing better in life than being connected to the true Jesus said it this way to the woman at the well. He says, for an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers. Implication. There's false worshiping, right? There's false worshiping. He says the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And for such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. Listen, worship is not an issue 
in society. Worship is not the problem. Have you ever been to a sporting event? I mean, people paint their faces. They all wear the same clothes. Somebody scores a touchdown or, or, or makes a basket and the crowd goes wild. Listen, it is not, worship is not the problem. It's the quality of the worship is not the problem. You know what the problem is? The object. So worship happens all the time. You and I are amazing worshipers. I'm telling you, if I can, there, was, there is something in your life that I can get you excited about. I hear people all the time and say, oh, I'm not one to throw my arms up when we're doing music in church. You know, I'm not one to dance around. I'm not one to hoot and to holler. Sherry's not that one, right? But I'm not one not to do that, and I'm glad she does. Like, she's like my, gro- I call her my ground worshiper, like, right? Like, Brent is up here. They're aerial assault, but Sherry's down there. She's just getting after it, you know? And I love my aerial attack people, right? Right? Because what's happening on the stage is you're happening in the, in the crowd, and I love it. It's amazing. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Worship is not the issue. It's the object. There's, there's, it's not that you, there's not vines. It's just, are you on the true vine? It's not that you're not worshiping. You, I'm telling you, you, when you lock into something and you're excited, you, something thrills you, something excites you, that's, that's, that's worship. But my question is, is what, what's the object? What, do you, what is it that isn't Jesus? That you're locked into. Right? He says, and, and my father, my father is the vine dresser. What is the vine dresser? What is the, his, his role? My father is the vine dresser. Well, he says, and every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he, who's he, the vine dresser, takes it away. So when you're not connected to the true vine, eventually the vine dresser will come and the vine dresser will take it away. The vine dresser will bundle up any branches that aren't connected to the true vine. This is so important that you hear this. The vine dresser will eventually come and gather the branches that aren't connected to the true vine and he will bundle them up and he will take them away. What will he do with them? Well, he tells us in verse 6, If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. This is not popular in today's culture. This is not popular in today's church culture. But if, if we love and, and embrace and are excited for and, and hope in this place called heaven that is a real place. There's a place that he's prepared for you. There's a place that you can be where, where Jesus is. There's a place that there's no hurt, no pain, no sorrow, no grief, no anxiety, no worry, no shame, no guilt, no more. All is gone, none whatsoever. That is a real place, and we believe in that real place, but you need to know that there's another place. There's a place called hell, and that place He says, those of you that are not connected to that true vine, he's going to 
bundle up the branches and he's going to put them in the fire. In that place, you shouldn't wish your worst enemy to, to go. Right? He's the destroyer if we're on the wrong vine. Boy, that's not popular. Some of you may not come back. But I'm just telling you the truth. He's also, in every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it. He, he's a pruner. I don't know if that's the right way you say that, but he prunes it. He, and, and I don't know if you know how pruning works. Again, I mean, I don't know who I'm dealing with here in this room, but I certainly think that you all have a brain and can get what pruning, how pruning works. But when things grow up into your branch of whether it's a flower or fruit, you cut things away that, are, that prevent the growth. And I don't know, you need to know that he does that not to hurt you. It does hurt. But he's doing that so that you can bear more fruit, right? You do that for your garden so that it can produce more beautiful things and things that we don't understand why things happen the way that they do. It's potentially because there's a God who is pruning so that something can produce from that, right? He says that you are already you are already clean. And that word clean is the same idea of prune. You are already you're you're being cleaned. You're being, you know, things are re- removing things that are obstructions. He says, You are already clean because the word which I have spoken to you. And so the vine dresser, he's he'll he'll destroy anything that's not connected to the true vine. The, the vine dresser also prunes things in our lives so that we can produce more fruit. He says, my father is glorified by this. You want to know what makes God excited, what makes God thrilled in your life, what makes God you know, pumped about what you're doing as a, as a follower of Christ? He's, he says that this is, my father is glorified this, that you bear much fruit. Like he, he, he wants you to be connected to the true vine. He, he want, he's going to prune some things in your life. He's going to remove some things. He's going to cut some things out. He's going to make things uncomfortable. He's going to make things hard. He's going to make things that may hurt a little bit. He's going to prune those things in our life. Why? Because he wants to bear us to bear much fruit. And when you and I bear fruit, he gets glory. It isn't for your glory. It isn't so that you look amazing. It isn't so that people think you're special. It isn't because people think that you're so kind and caring and loving and generous. No, it's so that God gets the glory. And so that you prove to be my disciples. So he's saying, he says, you know what, this, what happens is, you now become proof. You now become evidence of that you, you are on the true vine, that you are a truly a Jesus follower, you now exhibit, you now demonstrate that you are connected to something that is way better than any false vine that you can be connected to. And ultimately, God gets the glory. 
And that's ultimately the chief end of you and me. That's ultimately the chief end of you and me. That is the glory of God. You exist and I exist. You woke up today. You have breath in your lungs today for one reason and one reason only. That is to give him glory and to prove that you are on the true vine. If you want purpose today, there it is. If you want to walk out of here going, why, why do I exist? Why am I here? There it is. That's what you're here for. He says, my father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, so that prove to be my disciples. So how do we bear much fruit? I I know that question's been just buzzing in your brain this whole time. How do I do this? What do I need to do? He says, abide in me, and I in you. That word abide just means to, 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 to remain. That it means to just, and it's in, it, there's some, some intentionality to it. it it's, it's, the, it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay with you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be with you, Jesus. I'm not, I'm not going to allow my, you know, distractions to go somewhere else. I'm not going to let my affections go somewhere else. I'm going to, I'm going to just, I'm going to just remain in you. And, and I'm, and it's an intentional thing. It, it's a, it's a mindset thing. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a doing even when you don't feel like it. it, it it's that kind of action to it. it. He says, if you want to bear much fruit, you need to stay with me. Stay close to me. He goes on. He says this. He says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Of course, right? The branch separated from the vine, it cannot bear fruit. You, it, so neither can you unless you abide in me. You, you have to and I have to connect to it. You have to, I have to connect to it. So he's saying, listen, he's saying that you need to connect, connect. You need to connect with, with Jesus. You need to you know, have that, that time where you connect with him. It's like, it's like, um, you know, it's like a marriage, right? And, and since I'm an expert at it, I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> Just ask my wife, I'm not. Um, it, it, you have to, so when you get married, if you're married, if you get, when you get married, there's a union, right? There's a union. You come together. You invite all your friends and your family, and they pretend like they're happy for you. And and uh, um, you just ruin their Saturday. No, I'm just kidding. And you have and you have this 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 union, right? You you are united, and there's something beautiful and spirit. More importantly, spiritual about that. But that's just like the first step. Then you have communion. If you, if you want your, your marriage to succeed and you want your marriage to work and if you want any kind of relationship to thrive and to flourish and to bear fruit, there's, there's a union that happens initially, but then there must be a communion. There must be a, a relationship. There must be a, 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 a 100% commitment on both parts, a give and take. You know, on both, there's, there's that. And, and that's, that's what it requires for us. And so we connect with Jesus. And we don't just aren't just having union with him. When you receive Christ, you you joined in union. 
But in order for you to th- th- uh, flourish and to thrive, you need to stay and remain and connect in communion with him. It's a relationship. It's, it's, that's what's, what's so beautifully unique about Christianity. We're not talking about a religion. A religion is a false vine. We're not interested in religion. We're not interested in rituals and, and do's and don'ts and a bunch of rules and all, like, none of that. Like, we're interested in a relationship, and that's what Jesus, because that's what Jesus came. Jesus didn't come to start another religion. He came to start a relationship. And he wants to be in communion with you. He wants, to, he wants you to know him. He already knows you. He knows you better than you know you. He understands you. Why? Because he's the phone designer. Does that help, guys? Does that help? That's what he is. He gets how it works better than you do. But when you're charged and plugged into him, when you're connected to him, you can count on him. You can count on him. And we got to just connect. And then we we need to count on him. And then we continue. We just continue in that. We connect. We count on him. And we continue. We connect. We count on him. And continue. We connect. We count on him. And continue. It's not, you're not counting on anybody else. You're not counting on someone else. You're not counting on anything else. You're not counting on something else to fulfill you or to meet your needs. No, you're just counting on the true vine. And you continue counting on him. Because he's faithful. And he's trustworthy. And he's for you. He's for you. He's not against you. He wants you to thrive. He wants you to to succeed. He wants you to bear fruit. So that he gets the glory. And you prove... I'm on this vine. And this vine is the true vine. This vine is better than any other vine that the world has to offer. Connect, count on, continue. He says in this, verse 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Like when you're not connected, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. This week, um, boy, and we're good now. I know what this makes people feel like. You know, when you say that you were sick and, you're, and people are like, whoa, wait, you know, like, you know, you get over that, right? Like, you know, the germs go away, you know. So we were like, it just like took over. We, our sickness took over our house like all week. It started Sunday night with me and it just was passed along all week long to, to our whole family. So when we are sick, when we are sick, things sort of get messed up for you personally, but but as a whole, our unit, everything seems to still work okay. Unless, if it is, and if it's just my, my household, unless my wife goes down. 
if Katie goes down, we're in big trouble. Like when, when, we're a, when, when Katie, you know, got it, we're like, I, I mean, I'm telling you, it was like, like there was small fires in our, like in our kitchen. Like there's like kids don't know what to do. You know, I don't know how to make lunches. You know, like laundry just piles up. You know, like all these things. Like it just is chaos. You know, because like when she's down, it like apart from her, we can do nothing. Apart from her, we can do nothing. Like when I'm down, it's like, oh, you know, where's dad? I come out of my room, you know, like, oh, like, oh, there you are. You know, it's like, no big deal. No, no big, no problem. Didn't miss a beat. No, everything's fine. Everything functions just fine. But when Katie's down, oh my goodness, because why? Apart from her, we can do nothing. This is what Jesus said. Look, you can try to muddle your way through life. You can try to stumble your way through life, and you can try to figure it out. You can try to get it all. But listen, he says, man, when, when you're apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing of value. Nothing of real worth. Nothing with real purpose to it. And I'm telling you, man, this is what Jesus is saying. I want you, I want you so bad to stay connected to the vine, because when you're connected to the vine, you bear much fruit. And he says in verse 7, in, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. You know what he says? Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. What? He's saying, listen, you know what's going to happen? He's saying, when you abide in me, when you abide in me, when you're not with me, it's not going to work. But when you abide in me, whatever you ask, it will be done for you. So when I'm sick, when my kids are sick, my wife is there to say, hey, I asked her. Like, I had some things I needed her to do that I just couldn't do. I said, honey, I've got to drop this off. I've got to go there. Can you do this? Can you do this? I just had to ask, and it was done. You know that this is how God wants us to be. He wants us to be at a come to him at a place where we say, God, I am fully reliant on you. God, I can't do this without you. God, I've got nothing good to offer. God, I can't produce this if I'm not connected to you. So God, will you, God, will you do for me that I can't do for myself? This is what he's saying. This is not about self, you know, you know, selfish prayer. This is not about self-gratifying prayer. This is not about, you know, ask and he'll give you whatever you want that, you know, that, that meets your need. This is not about, I'm sorry, but this is not about wealth. This is not about better health. This is not about more happiness for you. You know what he's saying? He's saying when you come to me, in a heart of and abiding in and seeing the beauty of who he is. You're going to ask for him to produce things in you. Here's what he's saying. Your prayers will be for producing fruit. That's what your prayers will be. Your prayers will be, God, can you help me be more loving? God, can you help me love the way that you loved me? 
God, can you give me a joy? God, can you give me some peace? Or God, can you bring about some peace in this relationship? God, can you help me to be more kind to somebody that it's just hard to be kind to? That person that just is different than me? That person that just thinks different than me? That person that just acts different than me? God, can you give me some gentleness when it comes to approaching people so that I don't hurt them? That's what your prayers will be. Your prayers will be, God, give me. Give me what I can't do on my own. God, give me the ability to love and to have joy and to have peace and gentleness and kindness. And God, give me some faithfulness in the midst of where I don't know what's happening, in the midst of I don't know where the answers are, in the midst of I don't see light at the end of the tunnel. God, will you give me the faithfulness that I need to stay with you through it? Your prayers will change from self-motivated. God, make me wealthier. God, make me more comfortable. God, keep me safe. None of these prayers are bad prayers. Don't get me wrong. But your prayers, majority of your prayers will be, God, produce fruit in me. Because your, your delight that's why we, we so confuse the, the, the verse that says, delight yourself, or delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Have you heard this? Right? We, we, we say this. Those of you that don't know the Bible know that verse. Like, I thought if I delight in God and he'll give me the desires of my heart, he'll give me whatever I want, right? Like, he's saying, when you delight in him, when you delight in him, when he's your true vine, your, your desires will be not for yourself. Your desires will be for his glory. Right? Well, what about, what about when Jesus said, you know, give us this day our daily bread, right? I mean, I thought I can, you know, he prayed in this prayer. He says, you know, Lord, give me this day that my daily bread. I'm asking God. I'm just asking for some daily bread today. I haven't had some bread in a few days, and I need some bread. I need my carb intake, Jesus, right now. I need it. Well, before that, he says this. He says, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. In other words, holy is your name. Beautiful is your name. Majestic is your name. Amazing is your name. Delightful is your name. Incredible is your name. Amazing is your name. Thy kingdom come. In other words, God, it's your kingdom. It's not my kingdom. God, you work in, in your kingdom. Let me work in your kingdom and not my kingdom. It's not my will be done, but thy will be done. And then he says you can ask for bread. Right? And then he says you can ask for bread. But your prayers will be when you abide and remain and connect to the true vine, when you, when you stay in that and, and, you're, and you're in the word and you're in your prayers and you're praying, God, do something in me. God, produce something in me. God, give me some fruits in me that I can't produce on my own. I'm telling you, what will happen? What will happen? My father is glorified by this. Remember? My father is glorified by this. That you bear much fruit, and you'll prove to be 
my disciples. And so Jesus then goes into where we're going to stop here today. And we're going to pick up next week. Because now we're going to get into, listen, why do you bear fruit? Why do you bear fruit? Because it gives him all the glory and you prove to be a disciple of Jesus. Why do you bear fruit? Because it shows that you're a follower of Jesus. It demonstrates to a world that is trying to connect on so many different vines. That you're connected to the best vine. That you're connected to the true vine. That you're connected to the beautiful, amazing, producing vine. And so that's why we're sowing into this. That's why we're going to sow into this. And so Jesus then just quickly introduces this. He quickly introduces this. He says, and we're going to get into this next week. He says says this, verse 9. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. So abide in my love. Abide in my love. Receive my love. He loves you. Listen to me. He loves you. No matter what you've done, He loves you. No matter what mess you made, he loves you. No matter if you're in the mess, he loves you. No matter what you're going through, he loves you. No matter how badly you royally messed it up, he loves you. Even if you don't even care to get out of the mess right now, he loves you. And so he's inviting you and I, hey, hey, come on, come on. Remain in this love. Remain in this love. You may not feel it. It's not really what love is in the Bible. That's a world concept. But I want you to know it. That's a Bible love concept. It's not a feeling. It's a knowing. It's an action. It's a doing. He says if you... Keep my commandments and you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So we're gonna get into that. And we're gonna start with the first aspect, the first portion of the fruit of the Spirit. Now whether it's, it, it's worded fruit of the Spirit, singular, but it could be fruits, who knows, where we're going to take the aspect of that it's singular fruit of the Spirit. And in this one fruit, I'll have it for you next week. I'll have a fruit. And in that fruit encompasses all of these different as- aspects, attributes. Love, joy, peace, patience, so on, so forth. Right? So right now... You need to know that you exist to give him glory and you give him glory by bearing much fruit. And when you do that, more than anything else you do, listen, 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 more than anything else you do, you will show that you are truly a follower of Jesus more than anything else. That's what Jesus said. That's what Jesus said. And whatever he says, we're just going to run with. What do you say? Father, we 
no longer, I, I pray, God, in this room, we no longer look for, are distracted by, enticed by, tempted by any other vine. And that we just, right here, right now, right in this place, right in this moment, we decide to remain. To remain right here. Right here. In your presence. At your feet. Reflecting and thinking about your beauty and delighting in that and praying for and praying for and asking for you to do something in us that we haven't been able to do ever, ever. God, you have already begun a good work in the union and you are gonna in the you are in process you are in the midst of completing it through our communion with you God send us out of here with this heart in mind that we're just gonna stay in your love because your love is unconditional. Your love is unending. Your love is non-circumstantial. And we're just gonna stay in that love. And that's where we need to start. That's where we start. We just start in this moment of, God, you love us. You love me. You care for me. You're for me. And you're not against me. God, that's where I want to start. That's where I want to start. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Stay healthy.